Welcome to episode 21 of Speak Better. I'm Rebecca Lindquist, also known as Lindquist the Linguist, and this podcast is all about improving how you show up, your speech, your voice, your communication skills, whether you are a native or a non-native speaker of American English. We explore a wide range of topics, and the topic for this episode is how to integrate everything you've learned. You can imagine that no matter what you're learning, integration is important. When you stop doing really focused, targeted exercises, you want it to translate into real-world performance. And that's what integration is all about. I'd like to talk specifically about accent to start, because that's the area that I worked in for 25 years. But know that you can apply this to many other areas as well. I applied these techniques to my voice, and I never did work on an accent of any kind, but I did work on voice quality, and I applied a lot of what I'm going to mention to that area, and then once I talk about accent, I'll give you some other examples. But let's say that you've already done a course with a coach, maybe, or maybe you've done a group class, but you've done something where you've really created change in your voice already. You've done what I call an intervention. You haven't just been, you know, kind of playing around. You've really gone in and made some changes. I do 10, 15, 20, and 25 session packages with clients. And at the end, they're like, well, now what do I do? I've made changes, but how do I reinforce it and keep it and apply it and make sure I don't lose it long term? Well, first thing to know about accent or dialect work is that once you've acquired it and fairly much mastered it, it can take about two years So we're saying you spent maybe five months, anywhere from two and a half to six months really working on your accent for most people to get to a point where you feel like you've mastered what you need to do differently. That much integration you've done. It can then take about two years to become unconsciously competent. And remember, we talked about how you start out being unconsciously incompetent and then you become competent, but you also become aware, right? There's four stages. So first you become aware that you're doing it wrong. That's the conscious incompetent. And then you have to think about it all the time, which is the conscious competent. And then eventually your goal, which I'm telling you takes for most people about two years, if they're working on their accent, the goal is to become unconsciously competent, meaning you don't sit around thinking about it all the time, but you speak well. So that's how long it can take. And then after that, you just keep reinforcing and you keep integrating. You're always learning new stuff. So you have to come up with ways to capture what you learn and integrate right away. Ask a lot of questions, record yourself, keep getting feedback. The reason I keep hammering these same things over and over is they are the key to integration. If you're not recording and getting feedback and being careful about what you accept and what you do and what you don't do, then it's really hard to keep what you've gained. It's really easy to backtrack. And if you speak your own language, your mother tongue, a lot for a while, maybe you move back to a country where they speak a different language and then you come back to the U.S., you may lose a little bit. It's just like diet and exercise. I always think that's the best analogy. If I lose 20 pounds, I may watch what I eat for a while. And then I get into this complacent mode. And that's the danger where I start just eating whatever and I don't weigh myself anymore and I don't exercise as much and I eat a bunch of junk. And then I turn around and oops, I've gained the weight back. And that can also happen just with exercise in general or with eating in general. Maybe your goal is to become a vegan and you eat vegan for a while and then you go back to meat. Or your goal is to feel physically fit, not even lose weight, but just have better 
heart a better heart rate or have you know better uh, cholesterol like your levels are too high in your blood work or you're pre-diabetic or whatever your reasoning might be when you think about health it's a similar thing you have to stick with it and you may relapse and then you come back so this is what happens with language you can get to a point where you're really comfortable and then you can backtrack so to get back on track, you just have to stay focused and know what works for you and do it in the right order. So let me give you an example. Let's say that you are a person whose chest is really tight and you discover in your coaching that you're squeezing those chest muscles, rounding your shoulders forward, which a lot of us do when we're at a computer all day. And that is really making you talk fast and it's making your voice not sound particularly pleasant. Well, then that becomes the number one. Because if you're doing that all the time, even working on word stress, pronunciation, intonation, IPA stuff isn't going to help you if your t chest is still very tightly squeezed. So what do you do? Well, the first thing you do, I would suggest, is get one of those big bouncy balls. And if this exercise doesn't work, there are other choices, but I love this one. You can get different heights, and sometimes they'll have it in your gym, or you can get it at all kinds of places. You can order it on the net, in fact, or you can get it at a sports store. But basically, you fill it with air and you sit on it, and it's squishy. It's really nice for back muscle involvement. If you're working on your posture and you want to sit upright and work like at your desk on a laptop, I've often recommended to people that they try a squishy ball. You might only make it 10 or 15 minutes before your back gets kind of sore and tired, and then you switch to an ergonomic chair that supports your back. But you go back and you practice this again and get those involuntary muscles in your back to fire, and you'll start getting better posture. Well, we're talking about chest, so we're not talking about the sitting upright part, but you start by sitting on the ball and then taking your feet forward. And the reason you roll forward on the ball is so your head can touch. So your entire back and head are supported by the bouncy ball. Your feet are planted on the floor so you don't roll off. That's why this is so important. Then you open your chest up all the way, again, balancing your arms also on this ball, and you just breathe with the head supported as well. And as you exhale, you make a sound like, Ah, in your resonant pitch, long and loud. And you just continue to do this until your arms feel really supported, loose and warm, and your whole body is breathing and your chest is completely decompressed and open and you just resonate like crazy and your voice sounds great. At that point, you could continue doing other vocal exercises or you might say, okay, I've done number one in the order. My chest is open. Now what? Well, the next thing might be you want to work on your breathing because you know you talk fast and you want to breathe from that low abdomen we talked about, the transverse abdominis. Well, that would be a great thing to do. So you might lie on the floor and put your legs up on the wall and the legs touch the wall and you want to make sure that your back is completely on the floor and you're supported. And then you just gently lift the heels of your feet. So the heels should be lifting, not the rest of you. It's not really like you're pushing at all. You're not using your arms at all. You're just allowing the legs to extend. You inhale and you exhale and again make the sound, ah. Now the other thing you can do to make sure you're using those transverse abdominus low pelvic floor muscles is taking your thumb and your index finger right underneath your belly button and just press as you exhale and cough. <coughs> And that'll help you find the muscles. They'll start to move. You'll feel them. You then breathe into those two fingers. Let your stomach, the low transverse abdominus pelvic floor, low stomach, 
engage and really fill with air. Then you exhale and make a sound. Ah, long and loud. Now notice this is your second exercise. From here, you can talk. If you're a public speaker, you might even start giving a speech from here. You might say, and today we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z. It doesn't really matter, but the idea is that you continue to speak from this position where your voice is changing. Then you stand up, and after doing this, let's say you find your speech sounds great. Now granted, you didn't start out this way. You took a 10-week course or whatever you did, and you had to work on all kinds of stuff, like word stress and lip and jaw movement and everything. But in this particular example, you found that the chest and the transverse abdominus muscles were the two things that were really hard for you. That's why we did those first in the order we did, which enabled you to now start speaking in your sweet spot the way you've always wanted to sound. So that's what this particular individual might do in that situation. And then continue to do that daily until you get stuck. You will probably get to a point where, hey, doing that every day isn't all you need to do. Maybe you've gotten to the next level. Maybe there's some other issue going on. And that's where checking in with someone, I frequently had clients come back to me and say, hey, I've been working on this for a year, but I need a little more insight. What should I do now? So then you want to find out what you could do differently. And you might be able to add a component, change the order, video record yourself and say, ah, oh, this other thing's going on. And then work on that, come up with a new system, what you're going to do first, second, and third. Do that every day until, again, it stops working for you. But the concept that we're talking about is integration. And integration is all about taking everything that you learned and making it work for you. So that's why the postural component and the breathing and the articulation and the speech and the voice all come together. And that's where people really need to be certain that they're doing exercises that work for them specifically. And that's where sometimes working with a coach can be helpful because otherwise you're guessing. And if you get to a point where you know your voice really well, you can watch a video and figure it out. And you can also get feedback from people and figure it out that way. So those are a few things you can do, but let's also again go back to integrating everything you've learned in other areas. If it's just voice, so you don't work on your accent, you're just working on your voice, then certainly you're just going to do exercises that free the voice. Do you remember the one where we took the lips and went, the lip flutter or the raspberry? Well, you might want to do that first because that releases all the tension in the lips. Now, if you say, well, I'm not sure what to do first, then try a certain order and go and speak and see how you do, and then change the order. Most people will find that one order works way better than the others, and it's individual. It's just like not every person can be on every diet or every exercise program. Different things work for different people, and different things work at different times in your life. So doing the sequence and then just trust your gut and say, hey, I'm going to try doing the sequence in a different order and see how I show up. So part of integration is playing around a little bit to really make sure it fits you. And then take all that research that you've done, and I do encourage you to do research, so make sure that you're looking online, you're reading, you're talking to different people, you're using different manuals. I've written manuals for technology and science, which again is language, but tongue twisters and so on in that realm with that vocabulary. I've done one for finance. I think I even mentioned I did one for Catholic priests, and then I have a general English version. So you want to use the language that you need for your area. 
And recently I started doing group classes for real estate agents. So the idea is you're using the vocabulary and the structures and the sentences and the content that's going to be useful to you. If you're a public speaker, it could be your speeches. If you're a presenter, it could be PowerPoints. If you use talking points in meetings, it could be that. But the idea is that you take that language, those very specific focused things you used to do, and you look at it and say objectively, what am I still nailing and what is challenging for me? And then you work on some of those challenges systematically and then put it all together. That's the integration. One of my favorite things to do with accent work is to have people do inspirational quotes. Why? Because the vocabulary is pretty accessible, yet you do have vocabulary. You have word stress and intonation, challenging words to pronounce, all kinds of things. And it tends to put you in a positive mindset because you're saying optimistic, positive things to yourself and others. So doing those, they are scripted. And we talked about how you might want to be unscripted, but it's one way to practice. And in terms of order, I would practice scripted first and then unscripted if you're going to do both because scripted is easier. It's a great warm-up. And really start think about thinking about crafting your own warm-ups. And the concept behind crafting it is that you look at all the different ways you can warm up your voice, your muscle movement, and we'll be doing more episodes on this on posture and muscle movement, but you'll be warming up every day by choosing the exercises that really liberate you because everyone, again, has different patterns. So if you have a tight jaw, for example, you might want to do some TMJ stretches before you start. So you get in a sense of what's important for me physically first, where am I most squeezed and tense and what feels stressed to me? And maybe you don't even feel it, but it shows up in your voice quality. You got to know what to work on. If you're not sure, try working on different things and just give it the litmus test. Do it and see what happens. See if it's easier to speak. See what feedback you get from people until you get a rhythm down, a warm-up that works for you. And again, it may work for a while and then you have to change it. But you can do that with voice. You can do this with public speaking. You probably have a system when you write a speech of what you go through, who you try it in front of, what procedures you use. Do you make it bigger and then edit it, scale it back? As you do that, you can start integrating components of what you've learned about speech. Maybe you write phonetically, write phonetic symbols on some of your notes when you practice. Maybe you use a band or the tissue technique. Maybe you record and then listen back in one specific pass. So you do multiple passes listening back and one of them is all about accent or one of them is about vowels, one is about consonants, one is about pacing, one is about pitch, one is about intonation, one is about word stress, and you listen just for that, give yourself some comments, feedback, do some practice, and then go right back into public speaking practice. So the integration concept is you don't have to be everything to everybody, you're only discovering what works for you and implementing it. And that's what integration is all about. And you can truly do that with anything in your life. Just like we talked about exercise and diet, you can do integration there too. Maybe your doctor told you something and also your exercise coach, and then you took an exercise class and then you changed it up and then you changed your diet. You went from a meat diet to a vegan diet, and then you did something where you only eat meat once a week and that worked better for you. So the whole idea is you have to figure out what works and what order works you know maybe you have to take some supplements and maybe you have to drink water and there's maybe all these things like you have to get more sleep or you have to go to some alternative professional not just a medical doctor and there's so many pieces to to diet and exercise that's why I think it's a great example but the same is true with speech and voice and public speaking is that you have a lot of moving parts 
and you need to figure out what's challenging for you, get to a certain level, and then to stay at that level, you have to keep revisiting how to integrate the parts. And I hope I've given you some insight on some ways that you can do that to figure out your own recipe for success. In our next episode, we'll be talking about posture and breath, then articulation, then syncing verbal and nonverbal, and then we're going to talk specifically in one episode about nonverbal communication, do's and don'ts. We'll go into, again, what to do if you talk too fast, especially after listening to a few episodes that may resonate even more with you, and you may figure some things out about speed. And then we'll start to talk about different specific accents, whether it's Chinese, Japanese, Indian languages, Spanish, uh, the Filipino language, like Tagalog or another Filipino dialect. There's so many different languages of the world that it's useful, even if the one we pick is not your specific first language, it will help you to understand others better and to understand speech better. And all of that is a good thing. So I will talk to you in the next podcast.